After years of helping online businesses make more money by advising them on their taxes and finances, I've now made it my mission to reach as many profitable online businesses as possible to help them save on their taxes and make more money. On my quest, I bring you proven and real profitable online business owners, and we dig into how they do it. All right, guys, here we are again. This is Micah Frame with The Few, The Proud, The Profitable. This is the podcast where we talk exclusively to online business owners who are making six or seven figures. We know that in this space especially, there are a lot of pretenders, a lot of people who are fabricating how well they're doing, fabricating what their expertise is. So on this channel, all we talk about are people who are actually making money online, talking to them and getting their advice. So today we're talking to Kevin Thompson. Kevin, really appreciate you being on. My pleasure, Micah. Looking forward to talking with you today. Yeah, it'll be fun. So yeah, we'll just get right into it. On this, we spend 15-ish minutes. We find that that ends up being a little bit optimistic. Sometimes it's a little longer. But spend about 15 or so minutes and just go through five questions. So first one, in a couple sentences, just tell us who you are, what you do. Yeah, well, as you said, my name is Kevin Thompson, and we run a thing called the Relationship Accelerator Network, where we deliver pre-qualified appointments for our clients, uh, with you know, so they can have conversations with people who are already predisposed and want to talk about working with them. So that's in a nutshell, nice and simple, what we do. No, and that's awesome. I've known I've known financial advisors, especially because they're constraints based on their licenses on what they can do in marketing is so limited for mm-hmm. the clients where they've had awesome success with similar services to where if they were out cold calling their conversion rate would be you know 1% best case but by yep. using service similar to what it sounds like y'all do they've been having 50% plus close rates very good very good so yeah yeah. That's super cool. All right. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Question number two is what's the best thing about having a profitable online business? Well, Micah, for me personally, I'm, I'm a family guy. Yeah. Uh, I've got uh, seven kids. Okay. Uh, we, we finally figured out what was causing that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's that's always been really important to me. Yeah. And uh, my very first business years ago, uh, I I got into the cleaning and restoration business, and that business just totally ran my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know, when we, we I I started getting clarity on what I really wanted, which was a business that supported my ideal lifestyle, right? That allowed me to use my unique ability, as Dan Sullivan would refer to it, uh, my talents, my gifts to be able to help others, but also do it in a way that let me have my ideal lifestyle so that I was always at my best serving my clients so that they got me at my best, not in this state of like, my gosh, I I got to deal with all this. We we already get a certain amount of that. We don't need to be inflicting it on ourselves. No, I mean, that's awesome. And that's what's always interesting to me with either clients or just people you end up having conversations with where they don't have that much interest in, in scaling their business. And there's mm-hmm. different, you can dig into the psychological reasons as to why people don't want to do that. It can be 
cheapness, certain level of fear, not wanting to, it, it's a little easier sometimes just being busy versus if you have the time, it's more, it's stressful having to think, but they'll just complain and complain because the business or their job or whatever they have is the way you phrase it. It's running their life. They have no yeah. flexibility. They, they're just work down to the bone, have no energy or just pre pretty miserable and not able to enjoy the things like their family that they want to enjoy. But there's also this odd resistance to actually making the leap and making the changes that would allow them to get out of that. Yeah. 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 There's a certain amount of fear around all that. Uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've, you know, experienced that myself too and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, so I'll tell you, you know, when you, when you do structure your business this way, uh, you know, we're, you know, you're, we as the entrepreneur, as the business owner, we're far more happier. Our clients are happier. Uh, you know, we, we get more referrals. We, you know, I mean, this like things change dramatically and, yeah. and you know, this day and age, I mean, I'm not, you know, I look, I look at us here, for example, I mean, prior to about a week ago, we didn't even know of each other, yeah. but a mutual friend connected us and said, Hey, you guys should talk. Right. Uh, you guys might be able to do something together. And here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, we were talking a little bit before we hopped on just about when you get overworked and over busy, I think a couple of years back when I didn't have any accounting help, I was the only accountant here. And it got to the point where you're talking about the way, you know, the, getting the best and your clients getting the best from you is you'd be so tired that people would be sending emails or calling for perfectly reasonable requests. Exactly the reason we were here, but like, why are they calling me? Why are they bothering me? Don't they know I don't have time for this? So yeah, if you end up feel, if you end up in the state where you're diminished somehow, be it your energy, your mood, whatever, then you're not delivering your best to your clients. And not only is that just a disservice to them, but ultimately it's a huge disservice to you and your business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Cause they, they can sense that yeah. and uh, right. they're not, they not be able to put their finger on it. They know that something ain't right. <laughs> so. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. Cool. So question number three, what we deal with a lot with our clients and what we talk to online business owners about is cash flow. And what we hear from them is that cash flow can be a real challenge in the online world. So how do you end up managing that? Well, you know, so for me, I mean, I, I prefer to live below my means yeah. and, uh, and have a nice cushion in the bank. And, you know, uh, I, I, for, for years now, uh, Oh gosh, I watched, uh, we, we had this thing at church where uh, they, they did, the, this is probably a good, I mean, well over a decade ago, uh, this guy, uh, Pastor Robert Morris, did this presentation on tithing and giving and stuff, and I never heard it explained that way before, but once I got that and understood the framework that he was sharing, I was like, you know what, I was like, I am looking at things in a little bit different way now, and, and so ever since then, you know, we, we still save, we, we, you know, and for, for us personally, you know, we save 10%, we tithe 10%, but in 2008, we also started a family foundation. Okay. Uh, and, cool. and that was the, the year that our business was really starting to grow. And quite honestly, being completely 
blunt, Micah. I was looking for a tax break. Right, <laughs> sure. And, and, uh, and I saw starting a family foundation as a way to achieve that. And so we did that. We got our 5013C status that year. And, and uh, But the following spring, we went down uh, to this workshop that the, the company who helped set up that up for us is a place called the Stewardship Institute. And they put on a workshop with a bunch of other family foundation owners. Yeah. And I got to hear all these stories about the amazing things these people were doing with their foundations. And my wife and I just, I was like, wow. I was like, you know what? I want that going on in my life, yeah. in our life. And so since then, we have, uh, you know, every year made large donations to our family foundation. We take trips. We support different things. I mean, we've got an orphanage down in Jamaica that we support. We do stuff locally here. Uh, we've got an, uh, another uh, a nonprofit organization in Southern California that we partner with, and we'll take trips down there to do stuff together with them. And, and it's been a great experience. And so now I've kind of got you know, the standpoint from of where, you know, yeah, we save 10%, we tithe 10%. And, and that, you know, beyond that, most of the revenue that comes in, I just try to be a good steward of that. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, because I have been a good steward, it just seems like more has been given to right. more, more is given more opportunities come and, and it just kind of happens organically. And so that's kind of how I've been addressing it all these years, and it works pretty doggone well. <laughs> so yeah, that's awesome. You've got that foundation, or doing all that stuff. Um, that's super cool. From a cash flow standpoint, it is interesting too because it, it goes back to they talked about it in profit first. They, I mean, they talked about way back in a richest man in Babylon that that book where you don't feel like you have enough money, or even if you do, it always seems like it's. It can kind of filter away, but if you earmark it at the beginning for savings, for charity, for, for whatever it is, taking that out of the equation from the beginning, it's amazing how you can still get by on 90 or 80 or 70% of what you thought you needed to subsist. Exactly. Originally. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the whole, you know, back to that, you know, that, that phrase of, of pay yourself first, mm -hmm. you know. And, and like you said, yeah, take it from the beginning and just earmark that right from the beginning. And there's, and there's reasons for that. And I'm like, you know, I know that not everybody, listen, this is going to be religious or anything like that. Yeah. But, you know, um, that, that this whole concept of just giving and, and being of service and helping others and, and not giving to get, but just giving to give. And yeah. when we are good stewards of what we've been given, we do get more. <laughs> And yeah. so that's just been my experience over the last, you know, almost two decades now. So yeah. cool. Awesome. All right. So fourth question, this is the one where you have the most opportunity to talk. So in a couple minutes, just give a tip that you think that every online business owner should know. You bet. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I am, uh, I, I mean, I will kind of go back to what, you know, the way you and I have met through a mutual friend mm -hmm. and, and there's two sides of this equation. I love meeting new people. I love having conversations with entrepreneurs and uh, I, I'm, I love making connections for entrepreneurs. I mean, that's why I got into the business that I'm in and uh, you know, and I can tell you from personal experience that no matter who somebody is, <clears throat> no matter how big their business is, no matter how great things look from the outside, there is not a person on the face of this earth that gets enough appreciation. 
Yeah. And, and whenever I talk about this, I always caution people, you know, don't view this as a marketing strategy or a tactic or anything like that. Just let it be who you are. But when you genuinely appreciate other people, you know, what we appreciate appreciates. It becomes more valuable for us. And so what I, what I want to challenge, you know, your listeners to do is, you know, to do what I call the active appreciation exercise. Because, you know, in order, you know, we, we, you know be, being grateful is, is certainly a good thing to do. But in order to be grateful, it implies that somebody had to do something good for us or something good happened, had to happen to us in order for us to be grateful. And we can't always control that. But we can always control the the appreciation yeah. side of things, and you know what what I want to challenge your listeners to do is like you know we we all we all have a cell phone with with contacts in there, people that we know. They could be business contacts, they could be personal contacts, they could be family friend, what have you. But send out some text messages. Send out some messages doing nothing but showing appreciation for people in your life that you care about, that you love, and just let them know one thing that you genuinely appreciate about them. And if you over the course of a 24-hour period would, would commit to sending out 10 messages like that minimum, you're going to be amazed at what happens. And, and you know, don't do anything. Don't, don't ask for a reply. Don't ask for anything in return. This is just sending out some love to some people in your life that you care about, and you watch what happens. Yeah. And, and I can tell you, you know, just being this way, it spurs on so many conversations where, where people just want to, you know, just talk with us as far as business goes, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but that's, that's the, what is the, the starting point of everything in my life is this thing called active appreciation. And I do that on a regular basis with people in my life that I love and care about. Yeah. Well, and I mean, people are relatively intuitive. So if you're being genuine about it, and like you said, no one's getting as much appreciation as they want, deserve, need. If that's the way you really feel and it's not just, like you're saying, you don't look at it as a marketing tactic. You're just looking at it as a, as a mindset. So if you're being real about that, then yeah, the connection you're creating with people, I could see that just being massive. Yes, yes. And I'll tell you, you know, you, I mean, it, it, it really you never know who's going through what in their lives at any given time. And, and I've done this enough over the years where I just caught people at the perfect time that they just needed that message, that simple little, you know, message from me that just made their day because of something that was going on in their life at that time that we had no idea about. Mm -hmm. and, and it made such an impact uh, you know, it's it's spurred on people to have conversations with me that I maybe hadn't spoken with in a while. It's helped me mend relationships. It's led to people making introductions for me in, in, in business and otherwise. It's just led to so many good things as well as just furthering the relationship. You know, and, and uh, you know, <clears throat> a lot of times, you know, people want to focus on, you know, the currency or revenue. Right. Is, is the asset that they think is most important, but really, you know what, it's not. Uh, relationships are the most valuable asset that we have outside of our expertise and our integrity. Relationships are the most valuable asset, the most valuable currency that we have in business. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's super cool, because it's not, it doesn't go exactly what you're talking about, but I think about how 
we can get so wrapped up in our own stuff, how tired we are, the struggles we're having. And so if we don't do a good job at talking to people, if we're terse, if we give a curt response, whatever it is, I can't remember, there's some psychological phenomenon where it's like we look at our own behaviors through this very complex lens to where we look at all the little caveats and all the reasons why we could do something. The example I saw was like, if you cut someone off in traffic, yeah, somebody else does it. You say that idiot doesn't know how to drive. But for us, you can say, well, the sun was in my eyes and I was distracted and I only slept two hours last night. So like you said, you really don't know what people are going through. You don't know why they might've reacted the way they reacted previously that they're just having a bad day, totally unbeknownst to you, and you haven't interacted with them, and this is just the pick-me-up they needed. So, yeah, just having it to where you shift your lens a little bit and just look at people positively and think yeah. about things you do appreciate with them, that, that's just, that's it's nice. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, sweet. All right, last question, man. So this is, you got a choice of one of two things is either what's the craziest thing you've seen sold online or what's the craziest tactic you've seen so far to sell something online? I'll tell you, as soon as I saw that question come through, I, 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 there was no question in my mind of what it was. Uh, I've got this friend of mine, Ian Stanley, and like, I mean, I love this guy. He is such a great guy. Uh, and for, for a long period of time, he, one of the projects that they were working on uh, and, and selling was this, this water filter. It was, it was a kind of water filter cup, if you will. Okay. And the craziest thing that I have ever seen, he's got this video online, you can look it up, uh, where he was at LAX airport. And to demonstrate the power of this thing, he, it, it was like a cup with a filter on the top with a straw in it. He dips the cup in a, one of the toilets at LAX airport fills up the cup, puts the thing on, and starts drinking the water out of this thing to demonstrate his confidence in how awesome this thing was. But like, that was, you know, that was an effective demonstration. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and needless to say, they sold a whole lot of that product. <laughs> on <laughs> the back funny. of that demonstration and a lot of others like it, but that was the, the most outrageous one I've ever seen. <laughs> All right. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, again, thank you so much for being on here. We really appreciate it. What's your website? What's your, what's the best way for people to contact you if they're looking to work with you or ask you a question? Sure. You know, the best way to contact me is uh, my, my email. I'll give you my email. It's Kevin at maximum hyphen response.com. Uh, we've got a website at partnershipplaybook.com as well. And uh, in fact, uh, you know, one of the, you'll see if you, if you go to that website right on the homepage, you'll see this thing called uh, the relationship capital scorecard. Okay. And that's a little three-minute self-assessment that you do to uh, just let you find out where you stand with relationship capital with the people in your life. And I'm going to tell you what, that's a really valuable tool. I, uh, Dan yeah. Sullivan helped me create that tool, and uh, we offer that at no charge. And, uh, and yeah, go get that tool and check it out. And uh, we've also got, you know, little, uh, you know how, to, how to read your score that is included with that as well to kind of help you interpret that and uh, help you get better at creating relationship capital uh, in your life. Nice. Awesome, man. All right. Appreciate it again. So thanks for being on. The few, the proud, the profitable. Again, where we only talk to people who are really making money online. 
So we'll be posting this here in a few days. Look out for the next one after that. And thanks for watching. Thanks for being here again, man. My pleasure, Micah.